fact, I said it before and I'll say it again. That scene, that last scene. What does it mean? I'm the dude, you know? Get the fuck out of here. No, I cannot. That final scene starts now. Hi, everyone. This is Sophie and you're listening to another episode of That Final Scene. If you just discovered us in this podcast, we try to explain some of the best and probably some of the worst uh, endings in movie history. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I'm not doing this on my own. I'm here with my two brilliant co-hosts, Ben and Simon. How yo, are you yo, guys? Yo. Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Wearing my Christmas jumper, feeling all Christmassy for our Christmas episode. I am so jealous. I I'm slightly offended I'm the one. only one who's wearing the Christmas jumper, but Is it's it okay. Star Wars? Yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a baby Yoda uh, star, uh, themed t-shirt hence why it's bright green and red <laughs> we're gonna need to put some pictures yeah we can put we we can can Star Wars mm-hmm. it's, it, it doesn't whisper Star Wars I mean, it screams it in your face as loud as it can and then it screams Christmas as I'm... if Naughty Holder was screaming at you. oh horrid 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 <laughs> I mean it's only fair that you're doing this because in this episode we are doing our Christmas mm-hmm. Secret Santa gifting in a way yeah. this is true so I'm very excited about well, that. Well, I, I was really looking forward to this episode as well because I, I'm we're obviously we're talking about Love Actually later. Yeah. I fucking love that film and I fucking love Christmas and I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm shocked. I, oh my uh, God. Saw I'm, it on not the week- I'm not shocked. Saw it actually. on the weekend, went for a slightly chaotic brunch, not brunch weird thing in a hotel. Say and, more. Oh my God, it was so good. <laughs> I'll talk about it a little bit later, okay, but okay. we'll get into it when I'm talking okay. about what we've watched. Don't right. worry. Okay. I mean, let's uh, dive right into it. <laughs> okay. So basically, so so it kind of I worked. You kind of worked to out, warm it up. It worked out well. So we're recording a little bit late for this one, but I ended up going to see um, going to see Love Actually in a like in a cinema in Shoreditch, which is in like the basement of a hotel. It's in like the courthouse hotel in Shoreditch. So it was really weird, like seeing this film that's been out for like. 18 years is like Love Actually yeah. 2004, 2005? Yeah, 2003, yeah. yeah. 2003, so yeah, so yeah, almost, what, uh, 19 years. And yeah, seeing it in a cinema was like so cool to like just have that, because I obviously didn't see it in the cinema when it came out too young, but... To cringe yeah, I even loved it. harder oh, I didn't, on the biggest I screen. Do you know what? I had two <laughs> glasses of Prosecco beforehand. I was not cringing. I was absolutely loving every second of it. I was like, I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I can't wait because Simon's going to be all grinchy about it, and I'm going to, I'm going to counteract him with how good and Christmassy the movie is. I would need eggnog intravenously pumped. Yes. Oh <laughs> God, please. That. Yeah. Well, Bailey's for me, but, um, but yeah. So I went to see that, which was awesome. And then I've just been watching like loads of random shit. Like I've, I'm watching the Harry and Meghan documentary. <gasps> Are you which actually? Is good okay. Yeah. Lots of tea. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just dull. It's boring. It's not great. Uh, I started watching White Lotus. Do either of you watch White Lotus? I've seen season one. I mm. really liked it. Season yeah. two is supposed, to, is supposed to be better, I'm yeah. hearing. So I've watched yeah. season one and it's really good. And we're, I'm going to start watching season two hopefully this week. I would very much recommend it if you haven't watched it. It's like, it's, do you know what? It's one of those ones where, like I was talking to my girlfriend about this, after like two or three episodes, I was like, nothing's really happening, mm. but I'm fucking loving it and I can't wait to watch the next episode because like the characters in it are just so good and interesting and funny what's it about so it's basically so you find it like this isn't a secret like you find out within the first five minutes of the episode that like someone has died at this hotel you don't know who it is and you're waiting for the whole season to find out and it's this hotel and like fancy hotel in Hawaii and you have like this couple who are on their honeymoon who like clearly aren't meant to be together there's like the family who have this really weird relationship with their kids and then there's the like the staff in the hotel who are like the guy who plays the manager. I think he won a Golden Globe he's actually incredible. for it. He's amazing. He's this Australian guy. He's so funny. Um, and yeah, it's just nothing really happens in it. It's more so a bit like they're like it's they're like it's kind of like the whole murder is like 
something that you're building up to to keep people hooked to local i wonder what's going to happen but actually the interesting thing about it is like all these people and how they interact with one another and it's really funny that's what the show did very well mm. so even though it could be just another like who done it i feel like yeah. you're more interested in the drama yeah you d- like, like i, I kind of got to the of- end i was like i didn't really give a shit who died yeah. i was mm-hmm. like it doesn't really matter and you're kind of thinking like throughout the whole thing oh is it going to be this person is it going to be that person you're like oh f- i fucking hope it's that person that person's an arsehole but then you get to the end and it's like but that didn't really matter because no. it was actually like the relationship between the people that is the funniest thing. Mm-hmm. And that's so interesting. And yeah, it's great. Like Jennifer Coolidge is in it from um, <laughs> from like America. She's in American, American Pie and Pie. stuff. Yeah, it's like Stiffler's mom. And she's so funny. How she's big pl- are her lips now? She's so good. Oh, massive. She's oh, yeah, playing yeah, this yeah. woman who's like, who's this like really wealthy woman who's like come to Hawaii to spread her mother's ashes who she hated. And she's just like drunk all the time and... Yeah. Oh God. It's, she's it's answered fantastic. the brief for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And she's back for season two, which is quite good. It's like an anthology series where, like, the second season isn't like a sequel. It's like another, like White Lotus is the name of the hotel. So the second season, from what I've heard about it, is that there's another White Lotus hotel, but it's not like it's not like a sequel to the first one. But she's also she's in it again that for a bit wicked. of like continuity. Well, that. Dude, honestly, and it's six episodes. It's so nice. Like I'm so used. I was when I went to watch it. I was like, fuck. It's gonna. It's like it's a merit. It's like HBO. It's going to be like 10 episodes long. Everything's going to drag in. And it's like six episodes. They're all really fast and like snappy and the dialogue's mm-hmm. right. And yeah, would 100% recommend it. Do you have to have now TV? You do. You do. Just get a free subscription. You, I feel you, like yeah. enter, you can get the entertainment pass over Christmas for like dirt cheap, like four quid or something. Yeah. And just watch it get, and you watch it in a few days. Yeah. Or you can just get the free trial. Like yeah. One. Free trial for a <laughs> few days and just binge watch it over Christmas. Yeah. yeah. You can do that. But yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I absolutely love that. So I need to watch the next season. And I just ended up watching like random movies. Like I watched Captain America because Captain America Winter Soldier because it was on the other day. And then I watched The Mummy Returns because <laughs> Brendan Fraser just did uh, one of those, you know, breaking down all the roles from my career. And I was like, I really want to watch The Mummy Returns. So I just mm-hmm. like watched it in bed over like two or three nights. And it just, oh God, it's so crap, but it's so brilliant. And his honesty in that interview is really refreshing because he talks about, he talks about Mummy Returns and like the awful, awful CGI at the end of it. And he was saying that, like, yeah, we were at the premiere of the movie and the guys who did the CGI came up to him and were like, yeah, so we're the, we're the guys that did the, the Scorpion King CGI. And he was like, oh, right, okay, clearly being like, it's terrible. And they were like, yeah, we kind of wish we had a few more days because <laughs> it looks awful. So he was just like, it's really refreshing that they were so honest about it Aww. and they got it. And it's kind of funny rewatching it now and embracing it, like, in just how shit it is because The Rock is the Scorpion King and he looks terrible. Like, it's, he looks like he's straight out of an awful video game. And yeah, just the nostalgia of it was just incredible. I do feel like the CGI and the VFX uh, people in movies are the unsung heroes because 100%. they have zero budget and they have to work with insane time, like deadlines to, you know, against like post-production in other certain departments. So I read the other day that, is it is it Marvel, like VFX people are looking to unionize or is it yeah, like more generally so. as a, because it is about time. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. What have you both been watching? Utter twaddle. Oh, nice. I've been watching Beverly Hills Cop again. Love it. <laughs> U.S. Marshals. What's U.S. Marshals? It's, uh, what's he called? The guy from Under Siege. No, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yes. I think I know what you're, yeah, I think I know. I tried to watch one. it three times and fell asleep three times in a row. How did you? Oh, were you hungover? But yeah, it's, it's I when I got stuck that. in on this trip and it, I got snowed in. And uh, I was stuck in this hotel room, so I started hoovering up Notting Hill, which I really oh, enjoyed. Nice. Fantastic. Uh, How can you enjoy Notting Hill and not love, actually? I have Completely thoughts. different. I have thoughts. Completely different. <laughs> <laughs> 
the, so how did you come how did you stumble into US Marshalls like is it was it, it was on just TV? trending on Netflix oh, was <laughs> it, it looked trending right on up Netflix? my street amazing that is ridiculous nice. like Netflix Germany yeah <laughs> please tell me you watched it in German no. I, I put it in English oh okay fair enough don't, you, don't blame me I wouldn't do, I'd do the same oh, I love that though when you wait I, I love like trying to watch a film but you keep falling asleep and then having to remember where the part you're at yeah. I would normally yeah. give, like I did that with Bad Boys 2 once when I was hung over and I kept trying to watch the movie and then I'd fall asleep like halfway through in bed, massively hung over. And then I'd wake up and be like, I can't remember what bit it was at. I'll just, well, I'll just watch it from the start. So I, it, was, it was like top of my playlists on fucking, all my suggestions on Netflix were related to Bad Boys because I watched it three times in a day. so relatable. <laughs> and then at the peak of my hangover anxiety, The Holiday. Oh. Ooh, Which naughty, I still think is far better one. than Love Actually. Interesting. Then they're not making a sequel. That's been debunked. Apparently, I heard all these rumors online that that like there was talk. There was supposed the, okay, that there was, was supposed a rumor. to be a second one. Yeah, and huh. I find like, it far less cringy and more Christmassy. It's made by the same uh, lady that directed The Parent Trap and a couple of other classic oh, films. Oh, Nancy Myers. Yes, she's amazing director. I think cool, and uh, it's just a beautifully constructed film. I think I love the way. It's quite meta and you have those in the holiday, you have those interstitial moments where it's like a movie trailer explaining <laughs> what's going That's on. That's the one with it's, like, Jack, with, there's that scene with Jack Black in the video. Is it like yeah, Jack Black oh, in yeah, the video in Blockbuster. shot? Yeah, in Blockbuster. It's kind of like knowingly cheesy and it doesn't try to be cool. It just like has a bit of fun with quite a cheesy. Nice yeah, it's quite inoffensive in a way. And Jude Law's there. Yeah. He's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of like, imagine Cameron Diaz unretiring for all. <laughs> The holiday too. <laughs> oh my god! If anything's gonna bring her out of retirement, it's the mask three or the holiday too. But I read that the website that featured in the holiday, where they swap houses, mm. is was real and still is. And well, that's like house swapping is a huge thing. No, but the website wasn't a fictitious one. It was oh actual, really? Okay. Like the, the shots they used at the website were real, and that actually made the website become really popular and people started oh, wow. doing that's house cool. swaps. That's, I mean, that's that an amazing cool. bit of marketing from that company yeah. to be like, yeah. use our website. Yeah, you can you can use that. That's so cool. Wow, okay. I didn't know that. Nice. Trivia. <laughs> Trivia, like one for the books. <laughs> what about you, Sophie? Um, I've been watching a, a few stuff. So, <clears throat> number one, In the Loop. I can't believe I hadn't watched this film before. Oh, yes. Brilliant. So good. I mean, it's not for everyone. Like, like if you have if you have gentle ears, like it's not for you. Like the cursing and the swearing is mm. real. Uh, with this one, like, yeah, it's, the, it's the thick of it, isn't it? It's the spin, and that's what where Veep came from. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. it's from uh, yeah. Uh, his name again? Armando Iannucci. Yes. So yeah. Veep and the thick of it, and then de- uh, what I didn't know is that um, it was co-directed or co-written by Jesse Armstrong from Succession. Oh, I didn't oh. know that. And yeah. from Peep Show. Oh, Peep Show as well. So yeah, Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong wrote Peep Show together. Yeah, then... so they were collaborators for years. So I didn't know that he was involved with that one as well. Oh, cool. um, was he involved with Veep? Maybe for he individual episodes. Been, yeah. I don't remember him as a co-creator. Amazing. Absolutely amazing writer. I'd yeah. love to meet him. So like, it's really good fun. Like it's it's fast paced. It's like, it's really an exciting ride. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. By the way, I did go back to Netflix. Um, yes uh, yeah. you have to it's Christmas you have to for the holidays I've um, already got my list of movies I've started like writing down my list of it? movies that I want to watch over Christmas oh, what you figured amazing. out what's worth watching on Netflix no I just movies that I just know generally. are online that I want to watch on like Disney Plus and other can things can we have the list so I've currently got The Banshees of Inisherin, which comes out on Disney Plus on Tuesday night so I want to watch that what next Tuesday yeah Tuesday night yeah. already yeah 21st wow, of December okay. uh, I've got Lightyear I really want to watch Lightyear because I didn't get a chance to watch that 
Um, and Bullet Train is also on the list as well for some balls out action fun. <laughs> so that's the three for now. So if anybody has any suggestions of like movies to watch, Triangle Sadness, on, I still haven't seen, which I really want to watch. That sounds like a great Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next Christmas film that I got, well, it's not Christmas, but it's out on the 23rd of December. It's Glass Onion. Like I did mm. get to see that oh, yeah. in the cinema. Yeah, I didn't get to see it either. It's, um, okay, I don't want to give any spoilers, obviously. It's, good like i really enjoyed it i don't think i loved it as much as the first one it i had heard that that yeah. like it's it's good and it's interesting but it's not like it's not as good at like a whodunit as um knives out is yeah i mean shout out to johnson for showing grace like in the way that it showed it like it make it like it makes it look so good i mm. feel like a bunch of netflix subscribers are gonna go to greece next year just because like <laughs> it looks so amazing uh, the um, the cast is really strong just like the first one the the plot is very promising like it's you know it, it does have the same signature you know in terms of how it was put together so i did enjoy it i felt like it was more predictable than the first one in a way and I have thoughts on the ending. So I think we should okay, do, we we should should do an episode uh, when it comes out next year. Because, yeah, like they could have explored it in a much more different way and they went a very specific direction. So that is the Christmas, non-Christmas film uh, recommendation. And then... There's a lot of Christmas, non-Christmas movies. Like Avatar is out this weekend. That's like a very... Oh my God, yeah. Christmas, non-Christmas movie that I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force myself to watch. I feel like it's not good. That's like, like, that's like for when, when you having a boxing day like lull and you just need something to like drag you through the end of boxing day and you have yes. a really long grindy mega film it's what it's what netflix did super successfully a few years back with bird box you remember like when that came out like during that dead period of, yeah. like, everyone just like being in this food coma you know state of mind and trying to find that that picture that tweet you sent to sophie for of uh, of the guy reacting to to avatar what was it of him just saying it looks absolutely terrible <laughs> i mean most journalists say so i mean from what i've read like it's very long it's kind of nonsense it's regressive to an extent from people that aggressive. are regressive oh, regressive regressive uh, but I guess it's that kind of like blockbuster fun that families are looking for. But I'm not seeing it like reading, you know, the box office numbers that the first one did, which is kind of predictable. But, you know, um, I'm not going to be watching it in the cinema. No. Yeah. Avatar The Way of Water is a silly, soggy motion, motion smoothed epic of solemnity without a single interesting visual image. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, that's, a hell of, that's a hell of a tweet. That's yeah, a hell of an and, that, and that's the general perception so far. It, yeah, I mean, listen, I'll 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 pass judgment after I've seen it. Is I it three D? We have to wear the glasses. Yes, it is three D. It's three D. Yeah, it's and it's I watched three and a half the first Avatar long. with the comedy glasses on. It was cool. What did you think? Like of, what did you think of the first Avatar? It was exciting because it was three D. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. it. I feel like I, 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 I feel like when I go back and watch it, especially if you watch it on like as on a street on Disney Plus or something. The film is just—it's just so boring, and it's yeah, I didn't so like long. The I remember the oxygen running out scene was the only bit where I felt a bit into it. I do think, like having looked at the behind-the-scenes stuff for this one, it does seem interesting. I mean, I don't know why James Cameron like put the actors through all they did of like having to hold their breath for so long, and like they all learned how to hold their breath for like over six minutes to film all the stuff underwater. Oh come on! <laughs> really? Yeah, there's, yeah. So um, Kate Winslet was on the Graham Norton show last week, and they showed a clip of her where. She's doing the like holding our breath and they've, they're timing her and she she did it for seven minutes I think. or what? no sorry yeah six six minutes and fifteen seconds or something like that That's which Tom crazy. Cruise had held the record for Mission Impossible I think uh, 
Rogue Nation or something and that was I think they've surpassed it with this film because all the actors learned how to do the thing where you can hold your breath for like a really really long period of time but like why would you make actors do that <laughs> like unless they're volunteering to do that it just feels kind of crazy mm. and a little you bit must needless. bring people into the film more though to feel more like as at one with the cast and you're kind of in it together maybe working on something like that and also what about the actual title the way of water yeah what does that even mean I th- well it's it's to do with the fact that they're going and living with the water people right but it's just like that's an uninspiring I just you know what the thing like is the, the thing the thing about it yeah it's a very uninspiring title it's, it sounds like a kind of a direct to video kind yeah. of thing Avatar the way of the water like, <laughs> exactly. okay you find it on like a you find it on like Kevin a, Cosner turns yeah up. <laughs> like you find it like you know when you walk into a garage and they have like a shelf of DVDs mm. like, the, the bin bottom. the bargain yeah, bin the bargain bin at a motorway service station yeah. but um yeah it just looks like and the fact that there's two more what? There's there's going to be four, yeah. There's there's gonna be one more, two no, more. No, I thought there was two more, isn't there? Jesus Maybe Christ. there is just one more now. Is that because there there's been more. a contract with No, I James think it's just because James Cameron wants to do it. This is all he's just wanted to do this. Yeah. Like there, I don't think like this is him just being like, Hey, will, hey Disney, will you give me loads of money to make another thing that made a billion dollars? And they're like, Of course we will. Yeah. It's a great idea. I feel like they owe him so much money because of what he has made for them, like with obviously Avatar um the first Avatar and like titanic and whatever else mm. like he so he's like has a free like a jail free card i was gonna say I, I remember being really interested in the first avatar because i remember james cameron doing this documentary on the hardware that he'd built to create the film so they had this like light so obviously a lot of it was shot green screen but he created these live monitors that let you see in real time what was on the green screen so oh, okay. kind of see the scenes being constructed as they were filming them it's really clever I mean, he is very interesting. Like, he's mm. done a lot of cool technological stuff. Like, didn't he do that? He went to, like, the bottom of the ocean, like a submarine and all these kind of things. And, like, yeah, very. He's a, he seems to be a very interesting guy. And, like, you can't go past stuff like Alien 2 and of course, yeah. movies like that, which are incredible. Desmond but I just, Day. like, yeah, yeah. Just, after, I just... Yeah. Yeah, I was just never into it. Even when it first came out, I was a bit like, what is the point of this entire film? And, like, it, yeah, it looks good, but, like, he's come out swinging now and saying he thinks Marvel's, Marvel CGI isn't as good as Avatar's. And I'm kind of like... Well, it's not really a comp. It's not a competition. It looks completely different. Yours is like right. just bright blue and all aliens. Marvels yeah. is di- Marvels is a very different thing. And I would say I think Marvels the reason why I didn't connect with Avatar is like the the alien looking characters. I just didn't warm to their and and look. also it's like it's not a very like it's not an original story in any way. It's not like this groundbreak. Like I think Avatar is great. If <laughs> Avatar would be great as a silent movie, if you just went and watched it and all you like, they had like it scored like a silent film. Mm. Like you had the music, and you just watched kind of it. Like <laughs> and you just watched it. Yeah, Shisha lounge. Yeah, and you were like, oh, watch it on a big like in IMAX or something, and you saw all the colors and it looks amazing. You'd be like, this is great. And then as soon as they start talking in this dialogue, you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, this is just so predictable and pointless and boring. And and it's too long. Like both of them, long. I feel, yeah, I feel like they're gonna be too long. But it's three hours yeah. twenty. This one, but... I think. And he, he even said he was like, don't worry, go take a pee break. You'll just come see the movie again i'm not seeing this film twice absolutely not, not at all three hours 20 three hours 20 yeah absolutely so just not. pee before you go and don't buy any popcorn or a drink because <laughs> oh, there's no point it's not for me no, no. pass so should pass. we go on to our uh gifting segment yes yes this i'm is, excited yeah okay. this is a, I, I don't know sophie i'll let you tee it up because we're not doing our usual community segment this week but um well as a reminder for those of you listening about two weeks ago simon ben and i said we're going to bring an audio clip i think the again the brief was very vague to each other as a christmas gift on this week's episode it can be from a movie or not uh it doesn't matter so we have so everyone has their gifts with them correct yes correct okay 
Um, I can start if you want me to. Go then. Yeah. yeah okay. Should I should I hit my gift wrapping sound effect? Ooh, let's do it. Do it. Oh, um, what's oh who's Sophie Ooh. giving a present to first? Okay, Simon, I decide to play safe and go with a scene that always makes me laugh like an idiot. And I know okay. it's from one of your favorite films as well. Oh my God, if we've gotten Simon the same gift. Oh my God, <laughs> probably. I also love that part of it was unscripted, so I'm going to talk about this later. I'm going to play this now. Miss Hillen? Yes, dear? I take sugar in my tea. Oh, your tea! Oh, tea and tea right there in your tea! reminding me to watch this again this Christmas. Oh, there, that's on your Christmas movie list. The there list. you go. There you go. Oh, that was excellent. The, I mean, the little fun fact here is that, I mean, it shows up now as you remember where the icing starts to fall from his face into the tea. Like melt. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it flops in. That was unscripted. And then what he did in that scene was completely ad-lib. Oh. It was, like, ridiculous. Um, yeah, so that is my Christmas gift that's to That's your gift Simon. to Simon. Thank you very much. Okay, is there, one, is there one for me? Then I'll... Yes. Start unwrapping my gift. Ooh. What could it be? Stop it. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's so interesting. So many layers. <laughs> well, my gift to you, Ben, is much more straightforward. It's a movie scene throwback from an older episode of ours. It features one of the most ridiculous Irish accents oh in God. movie history. But this was the 90s. So I like to think we've gone a long way from a representation, Irish representation from since then. Uh, and hoping that this one would never get made today. So <laughs> I hope you find some comfort in that. Let's lay it. Hello, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Will I be seeing you in church tomorrow morning? Sounds divine and holy, Grace. <laughs> we can share a pew, me and you. Oh, God. <laughs> Same to you. She's got an awfully large chest to be going to church. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Our chests are equal in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, God. What an awful line. All chests are equal in the eyes of the Lord. Grace isn't a tramp. She's a dancer in the burly queue. That isn't dancing. That's kicking her knickers up. And I suspect if you asked her to, she'd kick her knickers off. Oh, maybe she would. Has she? That's enough, Shannon. Pickle you like a piece of pork. We're just using you. Said that's enough. Um... No! No! What? No! 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 Tell me. 
You like my hat. You're not wearing a hat. Say it. Say you like my hat. You're not wearing a hat. Say it. I love how this is supposed to be a serious scene and we just get these wonderful lines as old tests are equal in the eyes of the Lord and tell me you like my hat, Sanon. Tell me you like my hat. If you take the Irish accent off that, it's basically Downton Abbey, isn't it? It's just like Downton Abbey with a really shitty Irish accent. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you both. Thank you. Well, (laughs) Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Yeah, I'll give my gifts then. And I think... It's only appropriate that I give Sophie's first because Ooh. I thought to myself, what's the best thing I can give Sophie? And it's find two of her favorite actors and again, find their most awful Irish accents that you could possibly ever do. Nice. And it turns out one of the clips we've got is the same. Hello, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible, really. Yeah. Sounds divine and holy, Grace. We can share a pew, me and you. Same to you. Awful. And of course, Brad Pitt and really understand much of what is being said. You tell me. Oh, nice segue. That's even worse. It's not Irish. No, it's not English. It's just, well, it's just pikey. Tipsy. That sounds like Westlife. My two... Did he basically create this accent? I think like, so. Nah, no, I think it's it's kind of it, like it's based mm-hmm. or it's based around really offensive accents that you could do, and I just thought, yeah, we've you've talked a lot about how you love Brad Pitt and I you love Tom love Cruise, Brad Pitt. and it's it's just so. Funny. I I had a feeling someone might pick that one. This that, is really uh, the, sweet. The Thank far you. from away clip, but yeah, yeah this that's is good. really that's sweet. That's why we need Thank an you. ident for problematic. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where I could play that, and then Simon. I mean. What else could I get you but your favourite clip from any movie of all time? Mm, Uncle Buck, Nuns in the Run. Yeah, I was wondering how much something like this was. I mean, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Get the fuck out of here! (laughs) (laughs) It's serious because it's very important. Base. Have you ever saw one of these? We never get to hear this clip in full, so I thought it would be a good gift to give you and play it in full. This is another Adlib scene. Now, Simon, you've given me a lot of different clips, so mm. you're going to need to tell me what to well, we play. Need to, we need the unwrapping sound effect. Okay, who, who's unwrapping first? Um, let's do Ben okay. first. Um, can you play the, um, the mastermind? Of course I can. Okay. Ben. Yes. Your name. Ben. Your occupation. Project manager. Ben Corbett, your specialist subject is James Bond, with subspecialism, wig work, within the James Bond cinematic universe. Oh, God, no. Ben Corbett, a strategy manager. Project manager. Project manager. (laughs) And reclusive megalomaniac from Dublin, Ireland, occasional purveyor of unforgivable and problematic puns. Rarely seen without a beautiful woman by his side. Men want to be him. Women want to be with him. But can the martini sipper claim his place as the world's greatest Bond fan? (laughs) Let's find out. I mean, written by Bono as well, I'll have you know. Yeah, Goldeneye's written by Bono on the edge, yeah. Even even more Irish, I love it. Question one. (laughs) I'm going to fuck this up. This is going to be awful. This is so much pressure. Goldeneye actually belonged to Ian Fleming. Yeah. But what is it? His typewriter, his house, or his wife's glass eye? His house. Correct. Can you keep score, Sophie? Oh, uh, do, what, do, what do you mean? Uh, Give comment- a point. Oh my God, that's stressful. <laughs> the screenplay for which Bond film was written by Charlie and the Chocolate Factory author Roald Dahl? You Only Live Twice. Correct. Two points. Oh. 
<laughs> Which is my favourite Bond film? Oh. Uh, oh, is it? It's. Um, is it A Licence to Kill? Correct. Three points. Yes. <laughs> what is Pussy Galore's profession? KGB pilot, assassin, or pilot? She's a pilot. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Which director has directed the most James Bond films? Oh, uh, I don't know. Martin Campbell? One more guess. I don't know. John Glenn. Yeah, I should have gotten that. In which two Bond films would you find the character Jaws? Um, he is in The Spoil of Me and uh, Moonraker. Correct. Two points. <laughs> oh my God. Which Bond film was the first to feature a woman as the main villain? Um, it um, stars a Bond, the hairy chest. So it's a Sean Connery. Later. Oh, uh, oh, uh, George, uh, Timothy Dalton then. No, Pierce Brosnan. Yep. Uh, oh, uh, The World Is Not Enough. Correct. Yeah, Electric King. What was the first Bond film to win an Oscar? Thunderball, Goldfinger, or Skyfall? Uh, Thunderball? Nope, Goldfinger. For best, for best song or something, probably. Which movie opens with a chase on top of cranes? Casino Royale. Correct. Which it's actor had the most wig work due to wearing a hairpiece in every single appearance as James Bond? Roger Moore. Sean Connery. Oh, balls. <laughs> he famously went bald at a very young age. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Is that what, it? <laughs> what's the score, Sophie? I mean, one, two, three. So Okay, so four corrects and three wrongs. Oh. So that makes for two, four, six, eight. I'm points. happy with that. That's pretty good. Pretty good, dude. I think that's not too bad. There's a lot of pressure there. That was an excellent present. That was a lot of pressure, <laughs> but I loved it. That was good. That is so... <laughs> Thank you very much for my gift. I love a quiz. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. how much time did you spend? In... I'm so impressed. I feel like he has put us to shame. Yeah, he with has. A... Their... Well, it's your turn next to be what? embarrassed. Okay. Can we have what? Sophie's um, mastermind music, please? Of course we can. Sophie Basher Katsali from Greece. Mm-hmm. Known to hide out in Greece, Scotland, and Buenos Aires, a, ve- a Vegas <laughs> regular and constant movie obsessive, and working a side hustle as a social strategy lead, your chosen specialism is heist comedy Ocean's Eleven from 2001. Oh. Can we have the music? Of course you can. Here we go. Love this music. Ben, you've got to keep store. Okay. What is oh. the name of Julia Roberts' character? <laughs> um, Rose I know this. something. No. Can I? No. Can I? Can I? Can I steal a point? Do it. I do have it. Okay, no you can idea. have a point. Is it Tess? Correct. Tess. How do you know that? I don't I know, know anything about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Question two. What big event was happening on the night Danny decided to rob the casinos? A bombing attack, a boxing match, or a basketball game? A boxing match. Correct. Okay, I remember that. <clears throat> What did Linus say switched every six hours? The security camera tapes, the blackjack dealers, or the six-digit elevator code? The six-digit elevator code. Correct. Yes. Two points. There are five oceans on our planet. Which is the, which is the largest? <laughs> <laughs> Arctic, Pacific, Atlantic, Indian, or Southern? Oh, you should have said Danny. <laughs> Wh- which is the? Largest. Largest. Atlantic. <laughs> Incorrect. Pacific? Shit. <laughs> Which Ocean's Eleven character violates parole by traveling to California? 
God. Take a guess. Benedict? No, I don't remember his name. Benedict. And the ocean. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the guy the movie's about. <laughs> After Danny was released from a New Jersey prison, he was sent to seek out his partner, Rusty. What was Rusty doing at this time? Eating something, probably. <laughs> no, what is his... I assume you mean what is his job at that yeah. point. Yeah, I know this. What was his job? Oh, he was teaching celebrities to play poker, right? Yeah. He's Correct. teaching celebrities yeah. to play cards. He was a real estate agent for a huge corporation. He was... Oh, I, I was supposed to give you options there. Sorry, you actually done really well. <laughs> <laughs> Double he was teaching points. celebrities how to play poker. Double points. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, what kind of accent did Don Cheadle have to use for his role? Oh, it's awful. Cockney. Some oh, sort of Cockney accent. I've just given it away. <laughs> <laughs> Four points. Wait, so Cockney, for which he has since apologised for being such a terrible accent. Which of the following actors was not in the film? Andy Garcia, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon or Brad Pitt? Ben Affleck. Correct. Ben Affleck is correct. Casey Affleck, Ben's brother, was in the film. Correct. One main actor asked for his name to be removed from the credits. Who was it? Ooh. This is a piece of trivia I don't know. This is interesting. Andy Garcia? Nope. No? Don Cheadle. No. Oh, because of really? the accent? Because of the accent, <laughs> He said, with Oceans, there was some sort of stuff that happened behind the scenes that I didn't like how it went down. So I just said, take my name off it. Oh, drama. stuff on the scenes, like his accent that went down as well. Drama, yeah. He got the pizza, though. I'm yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> okay, last one. Yeah. Which Ocean's Eleven had completed... At, sorry. Which Ocean's Eleven character had competed at the World Series of Poker prior to doing Ocean's Eleven? Clue, it wasn't Clooney. Casey Affleck. I don't know. Um, wait, it, what, is it one of the members again? Like, so... Oh. I don't know. Uh, These are good trivia questions. What about... What about the old guy? Oh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. I know you're talking... Who, uh, yeah, I know you're talking... It's soul. not the old guy. No, it's not. Okay, I'll go with my favourite, Brad Pitt. Matt Damon. Fuck. <laughs> Feels like, like something Damon would yeah, do. Yeah, it's annoying. What are the scores? Yeah, scores on the door, seven points for Sophie. Ooh. That's pretty good. They were tough questions. Yeah, they, I think I feel like Sophie got a rougher ride. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think they were great presents. I think Simon I definitely did them. the best job. It was well done, Simon. Yeah, he, you put us to shame. Which, which you is, did. Yeah, uh, I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that, and I think I needed that as well. Thank you guys. That's very sweet. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, yeah. right? And cool. we'll come back with Love Actually. Oh look, a message from our sponsor. GI Jane Two. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, yo, hold my poodle. Hey, yo, what's up? Y'all got a problem? Y'all want some of this? Without much further ado. Here we go again. Cool. We are back for the final segment of our podcast episode, uh, Love Actually. Yeah. Um, how are we feeling? What's the love temperature? The is, love is, is the love lo- in the air? Love is actually all around, <laughs> as, uh, I, as I Hugh Grant says. I remember family Christmas a few years ago. We were having a chat about like favorite films, and my Uncle John, who's like, um, a proper Scottish uncle. Right. Right. He declared that Love Actually was his favourite film of all time. And I looked at my dad and he actually looked really sad <laughs> and disappointed. So did he, so did hang he on. mean it? Yeah. What's the hatred for Love Actually about? What, what is it? I what mean, Like, I don't I get it. I just find the problematicness really Well, yes. Okay. Listen, it's problematic in the same way that Friends is problematic. 
as it, like bad. I think Simon's coming at it from a different angle. You're coming at it from like uh, no, cringe it, I, fest it, it, angle. I think you know the Richard Curtis film, The Boat That Rocked. Yes, I that is that, problematic. Yeah, and I think Love actually has elements of that in it. It's just not as obvious. Yeah, even though Boat That Rocked is later, isn't it? Yeah, Boat That Rocked is like two thousand seven, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I think. Yeah. Uh, but he always he always does he always treads this line that's always in this yeah. iffy territory that seems a bit like your granddad doing jokes that makes everyone like wince a bit at the Christmas table. <laughs> He's out of touch generally as a director, even though I feel like sometimes his films have worked, like uh, f- um, like Notting Hill worked, for yes. example. Yeah. Um, but, but his then, is always like everything for he weddings does, and a funeral work. Yeah, everything he does is trying to portray. Like it's interesting because going to see it in Shoreditch and then walking out around Shoreditch and going home. It, like all of his films are very much like a romanticized version of. Yes. Dare I say it? White Britain, like one hundred percent, and middle class white. I think it's Britain. like yeah. John Lewis Britain. made a movie. It would yeah. be Love Actually. It's a two. It's a two and a half hour long John Lewis ad. But. Yeah. Yes, uh, and I remember him um, in an interview where he was, his argument to people that were criticizing Love Actually was like, people, like, uh, people love fetishizing, you know, murder, like mystery films, and like, we have so much violence in cinema these days, why don't people just want the cheesy love stuff? So he's going for that angle, he's the mm. anti, you know, murder, anti-action, anti-drama, like, person in like movies I guess mm. and like cinema that's what he wants to go for which is fair I don't like I don't mind the cheesiness of it and I don't mind the non-realisticness of it mm. in a way mm. I just think it hasn't aged well in the sense of I think as a woman I, I, like I just saw this film the other day and I was like every single woman is like a walking vagina like they, they have zero agency yeah I thought especially Martin McCutcheon's Part, who's well, Martin McCutcheon's part, and also what is his name, Chris? Um, she's portrayed as Chris, quite a vacuous. Chris Marshall's whole thing of just going to America, yeah, to like that's the what that's American I always get yeah. so uncomfortable with that because I'm just like that is that's and that's just filler in the film. But that well. that's just was, like yeah, it that's just like to be there. it doesn't need yeah. to be there. It's like it's yeah. it, that's the weird thing certainly about it is that some of those bits you're just like, but that doesn't need to be there. It feels like padding. But to I, make actually, I don't find that bit. Of, it was just silly. I didn't find that problematic. Whereas the Martin McCutcheon thing, it's like it. It yeah. portrays her to be a vacuous bimbo. That well, yeah, they, fa- they, they, just, they, fa- they just keep fat shaming her like throughout the film. Oh yeah, like, what is that about? Yeah. I don't understand. I never got that joke either. It this seems is, yeah, really it weird. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Or like yeah. Laura Leamy's character, where basically Alan Rickman's yeah. character tells her to fuck her colleague. <laughs> you remember yeah. that scene? Was like, um, you know, you actually it's the, it's just within, get it's together. In like the, it's within like the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah, basically, like your boss is telling you to yeah. fuck your colleague. How long? How long have you worked here? Yeah. How long have you worked here? How long have you been in love with Carl? Yeah. Exactly, and then they. Go and do whatever. The, uh, they hook up, and then for some reason, the story is about her feeling bad for going to help her, her like brother. mentally ill brother. Yeah, well, she, she's she not very well ba- herself, is she? Because she can't, she can't disconnect from her brother for like ten minutes to have sex with this guy. Exactly, but like it's kind <laughs> of portrayed that oh, this guy's an inconvenience, and like we, ha- I have to feel bad for like not giving. Because she's a nurturer. To- yeah. <laughs> She's a nurturing woman. She's a nurturing woman. Yeah, maybe. There's that. And then, obviously, you have Kira Knightley, who barely has any words, like, in the film. And she's yeah. just there. She's, to like, the love object. Massive smile. Massive. Like, and, great, you know, I, I think I was, was, is, there's something, like, she's only, in the like, when she was in that film, she's only seven years older, I think, than the, the boy who's playing Liam Neeson's oh, stepson. Oh, yes, he looks very young. Now, that's my most cringy part. Yeah. 
is is the way they kind but, of but, adultify that but, kid. But sorry, just to round up, like sorry. the women, and then you have Emma Thompson, which arguably like they are the best, like almost more most interesting couple. Emma like, Thompson, Emma, Emma Thompson, Emma Thompson should get an Oscar for that Joni Mitchell scene alone Season. of her crying in the it's room. Very real. Oh my god, it's, it's an incredible scene, and like I love the fact that she acknowledged, like they have the discussion afterwards about the affair, but then she ends up taking him back. Like it's almost like. I don't know. Like, don't know. I, yeah, I, but I, I think I would, it's a bit bitter, though, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, but that's kind of real, though. Yeah, no, no. But like, I mean, that's you that's the kind of, that, you know, that's the really upsetting thing about it is that that kind of happens. Like yeah. that, like that's but, almost. Yeah, I like, just feel like you don't have a conversation and then everything is you make up and I don't know. Like, well, it obviously, was, it like glazes out, glosses over a lot. Like clearly, yeah, we jump forward yeah, like what, yeah. like a month. Yeah, or something. I, I think in, for me in that film, there's there's real extremes. Like I actually really love the introdu- introductory wedding scene where the band magically pops they up. Like, that's really joyful. Yes, definitely. And I love the Rowan Atkinson present rapping I scene lo- in the shop like, i loved him like i loved him like in the airport as well like, yeah just, where like, he just turns up to save the day <laughs> yes he was just incredible um, and then there are scenes that i'm just like oh my god this is horrible i can't watch it <laughs> yeah yeah would you like it gift wrapped uh, yes all right lovely let me just pop it in the box Um, and then it's kind of like vignettes, isn't it? It's like a oh, series very of much so. vignettes right. yeah. joined together that just don't always quite gel. That right. they all just like after we watched it, we 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 went to get dinner and we sat there being like, okay, so how does everyone connect together? And then you try mm. and like tie all these yeah, strings together. My most like, cringy moment is is the um, is is the Hugh Grant dancing scene. Really? I, I, I love that I had scene. To, I had to block I my eyes. That scene, especially where the woman's standing behind him, and he's just like, yes. I oh, love that scene. Okay. It's The most cringy that's... scene for me is when Colin Firth travels to wherever the was it Portugal? Italy? No, it's, it's in France. Where it's in France? Yeah. Oh, where yeah, the, the cleaner has to fall in love with him straight away. Yeah. They haven't exchanged a bloody word, and see, and he asked her to marry her. Oh, and she's yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, whatever. Like I just give up on my life and just go. To... <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most cringiness of it. Um, and then obviously let's it's talk just Christmas. About... Oh, yeah, and that was more fat shaming because when he when Colin Firth goes to propose, yeah, there's with the, the other sister. sister, and the yeah. other sisters like so obviously bad. they've chosen a really big person to play yeah. her and then the joke is that god god forbid he would want to marry her yeah, so yeah. It's i mean it's awful. really that's pretty pretty shocking it's awful yeah. um yeah and obviously like the martin freeman and jonna paid couple where like why do we see was like, why gonna... do we see her boobs and not his dick oh yeah why do that's the one that's they're the, they're the bits in the film remember we were talking about this of like if it was a bit of a cheap laugh that I thought yeah, it, it yeah you need to put laugh. a list together of that of when those scenes are in the movie so people know to walk out when they're watching it with their parents just yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, you need to walk out at like 10 minutes that's true 32 minutes yeah. and 67 minutes and make a cup of tea because you're about to see wait what's shit. the film where they have a fictitious app called Mr. Skin and oh, they that's not. there's a film where like these kids create an app called Mr. Skin where they write down the times when there's a nudity in any film and then you can search it. It's from like, <laughs> it's from like ages ago. Right. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But that's what you need but yeah. for like to make it go and make a cup of tea when you're watching Love Actually with your family at Christmas. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, given all of that, like I still like the, like it's obviously a good, like a good time. I just feel like it hasn't See, aged very because the thing well. is it hasn't aged very well but on the cringy, and I do, I completely agree with that. Like there's stuff in it that you're like, oh Christ. <laughs> Like you know, but and, as I said, the in the same way, of it, as you said, yeah, the just... whiteness of it. There's like every main character in it is white, 
and in London, of all places. Apart from the guy in the wedding. The yeah, but he's yeah. barely in it. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, in it. he's only in two or three scenes yeah. and his whole character arc is my yeah, best mate is trying to steal my wife. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was strange, that storyline. <laughs> it's such a bizarre storyline. He plays it like it's a good thing. Mm. Yeah, it, yeah, it is, it, it is a very weird one. And, um, but like the cringy elements of it, I just kind of like... See, I'm in Christmas mode right now, which there's like a, month of, a month of the year from like the 1st of December... Mm. I, I'm just like full on Christmas mode and I, I like I, the cringiness of it mm. I actually really enjoy yeah yeah. and then I said because we do this podcast now I started like analysing some of the like I started thinking about like the boy like Liam Neeson and the son's relationship and like it's weird you know well it is weird It no it is a little bit weird but also like the whole like him having the girlfriend it is completely like doesn't could be anything else I don't think, the whole, think at that age I knew the difference between a boy and a girl let alone... Mm, I think that says a bit more about you. Maybe. <laughs> He's about 12. Is he? <laughs> yeah, I think He's so. He's younger than that. He's, but like yeah. the thing is, but the whole thing is about that one is that, yeah, I get it's cringe. They're like all, we're him talking about love and all these things. And it's very like, almost like Shakespearean in the way. But the whole, like the whole thing is, is that that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like it could be any girl, whatever. The whole point of that storyline is to get, to make him and Liam Neeson closer doesn't matter about the girl the whole point of that is that this is a boy who's lost his mum and a guy who's lost his wife and this is his stepson who he's like he's not his biological child he doesn't really know what to do and he's using this as a thing to like get closer together after this awful thing has happened right, yeah, like I... the whole <laughs> chasing the girl to the airport doesn't really matter it's that one last thing of like i'm your dad you know yeah it's like a much it's a bigger thing i think yeah. Now, maybe i'm looking too much into it but no no yeah actually, actually don't mind yeah i don't mind him having have some sort of distraction and uh like having a crush like i think we all had a crush like that yeah. even though it was silly like it was just one of those things and it's not like sexual it's just no. you know you're like, like the amount of kids who are like i'm gonna learn guitar to impress a girl he goes and like learns the drums to impress a girl it's something that like yeah. a lot of kids are so, yeah. i played guitar as a child it was definitely because i was like right. i play guitar girls and like me you know like yeah. it's and one of those things you, yeah you do all of these things as a way to win someone over but i think like where the film could have been more intelligent, I guess, like, or the way who would have showed up. Have the security guards tackle him within one second because there's no way after 9-11 you're running through an airport like that. <laughs> That's true. There is no way there could have been no with him blowing up. But it was like how Liam um, Neeson's character was basically encouraging him to do all of these things as opposed to saying, like, first thing, have you tried talking to her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried engaging in a conversation with her but like it was just funny and then he I mean Liam Neeson ended up with Claudia Schaefer because he can yeah which is the joke throughout <laughs> the whole thing isn't it <laughs> she came out of nowhere it's funny uh, but um, I mean because I know we're talking about the final scene and it's hard to really talk about the final scene in this film because there are so many different it's like every single couple has its own final scene like for example the andrew lincoln lincoln sorry and kira knightley final scene is probably is the, 20 minutes out yeah yeah well they're in the airport but they're not it's oh, they not are, like are they a, it's barely, not like a yeah. like yeah the culmination of everyone's relationships like their finale yeah, yeah it happens throughout kind of at different points i guess yeah um so martin freeman and joanna page just getting married <laughs> I forgot about that. That's yeah. true. They're at the airport and they're cool. just like, yeah, we're getting married. It's like, okay. <laughs> so how, so two questions. One, what's your favorite couple? And two, how, like pick one couple that you would have changed like their finale or like you have, you have changed your story in the end. 
I mean, I I just love Bill Nye and the manager because it's just such a ridiculous, like such a ridiculous story. And the fact that they end up together, like I quite, I quite like the scene where he comes from Elton John's house and is just like, I'd rather, no matter, <laughs> matter how much I hate saying it, I'd rather spend like Christmas with you. What was this epiphany? Um, it, it was about Christmas. You realised it was all around? No, I, I realised that Christmas is, is the time to be with the people you love. Right. And I realised that as dire chance and, and, and fateful cock-up would have it, here I am, mid-fifties, and without knowing it, I've gone and spent most of my adult life with a, with a chubby employee. <laughs> and, and much as it grieves me to say it, it, it might be that the people I love is, in fact, you. Yeah, because in that storyline, I remember really not liking Bill Nye's character because he's so mean to his manager, and then you realise yeah. he just really loves him. Yeah, he really mm. loves him. Yeah, that's why. That's why. It. That's why I quite like it, and I just yeah. loved. I just love that character. Like, I mean, the scene with Anton Deck is just fucking yes. brilliant. Like, you know, and what I didn't know is, is I was listening to a thing where Bill Nye was talking about that the other day, and he was saying that that was the movie where after that he stopped having to audition for things, which I was like, surely Bill Nye was like a big deal, but he was like, no, that was the, it was at that point after I did that film. Because it was big in America, that's when people knew who he was. I was like, mm. I was quite surprised about that. But yeah, I I think they're my favorite as as a couple. I think mm-hmm. they're my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think the one I changed. I mean, is the the Chris Marshall one is just completely pointless. I would get rid of that. I yeah, think. like just make the movie a bit shorter. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, see, the thing is, like the Emma Thompson one, I I'd, I'd like to say she leaves him, but actually, like Emma Thompson's whole thing throughout the film is all she's ever really thinking about is her kids. Like the her whole thing is making yeah. the like. And you kind of understand, like, well, you don't understand it's terrible, you know, it's for something like that to happen. But she's, you almost feel like, especially in the airport, she's like, I'm literally like her, you know, her last lines, Dallin Rickman are just screaming, I'm here for the children. Get in the fucking car. <laughs> like, that's it. You kind of want a happier ending for her, but unfortunately she gets the most real ending out of probably everyone. And that's quite sad. Yeah, yeah. Which is a shame because, you know, you could have given her like a cheesy ending maybe, mm-hmm. but actually... She should have gotten an Oscar. That should be the ending. That that's the deserved ending there. It's but yeah, true. I don't know. It's, it's true. I don't know about an Oscar. I don't even know what qualifies for an Oscar nowadays. Well, like I mean, a, it was it was a scene. Scene. It was like a it was like a five minute section. Yeah, say. and Anne Hathaway got an Oscar for singing one song in Les Mis. <laughs> okay. So I mean, come on. Uh, it was good. <laughs> I have a feeling. Um, Bill Nye. I think he won a BAFTA for that film. But I could be Bill Nye. Maybe yeah. Yeah, maybe. F- yeah, like a BAFTA, like a like Golden a Globe, and like yes, a comedy or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. What about you, Sai? Yeah. Who's, who's your favourite? What would you? Sh- I mean, well, do you, do have, you have a favourite? Yeah. And then what of all the ones that you don't like, which would you change? I'd probably, you know, I, having even though I've complained about it, I'd probably pick Hugh Grant and Martin McCutcheon because I like the idea of that storyline. It's just the execution's a bit off. But that's my favourite mm-hmm. arc, I think. And you liked how they ended up together and that kind of, like, what he did where he tried, he was searching for her. I think like, it's because like, it reminds me of About a Boy when he ends up on stage oh, and About yeah. a Boy playing yeah. his guitar. And it was kind of similar because they were on stage at the kids' pantomime thing. Yeah. The scene where he is going door to door is quite funny, especially when, yeah. when, he, ends up, when he ends up singing with his driver. And yeah, the driver yeah. has this amazing yeah. voice. It's just that look of like, oh. <laughs> and also so the good. scene when he... Bill pile into the car and the kids got that the massive, kids the octopus costume, octopus yeah. costume and it's poking out everywhere and like <laughs> just I think the idea of the I think it it back I think in the context of when that time when that film came out when Tony Blair was it was probably yeah, riding it high been, it would have been Blair yeah he it, 
it made sense. Whereas now, all the shit that's gone down politically, it's yeah. no, you know, the British politics is in the absolute bin. It, it? is funny it's because there's... Whereas there's then a, it would have been quite cool to mm. the idea of Yeah, because he's like, clearly the Blair character. Yeah. And then there's a lot of people, in, there's a lot of jokes in it about like, oh, they go, oh the guy before, geez, he was very boring type yes. stuff. Like, it's all really like thinly veiled. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, you, Sophie? Favorite couple, Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, yeah. definitely. Well, what would I change? Well, actually, actually, <laughs> <laughs> did you guys ever see the Red Nose uh, Day sequel? Like Love Actually sequel? Oh, a, a I think dish. I might have, yeah. I think because so. I, remember. In, I remember them doing it. I don't remember. Yeah, the where like, they did the recreation of it. So in that one, apparently, apparently Laura Lini ended up marrying McDreamy. Like Patrick Dempsey. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah like, yes, yeah, picks up the phone. It's like, hey, hey, honey. They're like, hey, babe. And, <laughs> and then you see, Patrick like, McDream, be like, hey, babe, I'll see you soon. Like, whatever. <laughs> so Sarah got what she deserved, ultimately, even though Carl didn't work out, which is fair. Um, yeah, she even got, Carl's so dreamy. She got Mc, McDreamy. So I'm glad for her. She deserves that. There's a lot about the ending that, you know, some bits tie it together quite nicely. Other bits are, as you say, kind of, stick out like sore thumbs a little bit of like okay why are Joanna Page and thing getting married why is uh the Amer- the English guy suddenly back with two beautiful <laughs> American women who is the other girl si- the girl's sister who is what's her name um oh I can't remember the actress's name oh my god Denise Richards Denise and, Richards yeah, yeah. It's, Denise, it's all of a sudden it's Denise Richards yeah. who's and there Jennifer to be Jones. in love with um with the other guy it's just yeah it's just I don't know Funny. there's a lot to I think there's a lot to as you say there's a lot to like about the film it's very problematic but it's because it's vignettes, the ending is... I like how it comes together. Yeah. Like, I like how, I think from a writing standpoint, they were able to merge the, like, to kind of combine and then, But then, of course, there is the, the actual ending, which is, which I think you were saying, so it was, is, is quite good. Is like the collage of people meeting at the airport. Mm, because actually, yeah. as, like a, as like a crux for a film or like an idea, that is quite nice. Like I like it when writing ends where it began. I yeah. find it quite satisfying and that you film like does it quite well kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it comes full circle very nicely with that you just don't get Hugh Grant's lovely voiceover at the end yeah maybe they should have put Hugh Grant back at the end mm. to finish it off yeah to like tie it up I mean yeah because that's the thing it's like what is the message of the film like well they've said it at the start you know maybe but, there's a director's cut out there what like, what, like Blade Runner <laughs> yeah. no. maybe like when Hugh Grant... watches it at home Martin, <laughs> Martin McCutcheon is a, is a robot and all along. <laughs> Is, is Richard Curtis still around? Like, is he still active? Yeah, he I, I directed would... that Beatles film, didn't he? The um, Yesterday, I think. Oh, was that his? Yeah, I think that oh, was him. He still, yeah, he still does, like, bits and pieces every now and again. I just okay. don't think he's My a, theory with him, and I have loads of respect for what he's done, because it's amazing. But you look at some of the, the stuff he did mm-hmm. in, like, yeah. the 80s and 90s. Like, he's, he, so like, my, he's well, the my, man who my Blackadder, you know? His first breakthrough film was Four Weddings and a Funeral, which famously couldn't, they couldn't afford to pay the big actors in it. So they all took equity and ended up doing really well because the film was an amazing success. There's even a scene in um, For Weddings and a Funeral, I think it's right at the end uh, at the funeral, where there's a river in the background and it's completely frozen because they couldn't afford the shot. And it's actually, <laughs> that went into the cinema. Like the, oh, wow. the, the, There's just a photograph in the background and they're all acting in front of it because they oh, literally wow. ran out of money. <laughs> and then it's, yeah, that's in the, even the DVD and on, yeah. on streaming services. But I think that what happened was Richard Curtis, then he, then he made... Um, Notting Hill was it was that next yeah I think anyway, Notting Hill would have been next he, as he progressed I think he figured out how to make stuff more and more popular and he learned what triggered people and what brought audiences in and that's why they kind of went more 
mainstream as he went on until he hit the absolute jackpot of actually <laughs> yeah it is the, and he's is basically jackpot, gone yeah. right to lowest common denominator but in a very clever way mm. um but and, and it, making the most money right but love actually was i'm not saying it was expected to be a flop but it wasn't expected to be as successful as it ended up being no i don't think so like, because it, it at the time it would have just been like another richard curtis rom-com yes. like you know maybe that's because it, it maybe the reason why i find it so cringy is because it does tap into the human condition quite a lot and it is it you know it's like the mess of life right mm. and it and it, ta- it tackles it all in quite a like on the nose like granddad doing a joke kind of way but actually it covers a lot of life and maybe that's why it is quite cringy and why people love it because mm-hmm. it's like a mirror holding a mirror up to white britain yeah well exactly yeah it is and there are i feel like there's just bits in it that you recognize oh i've done that before i've like i've talked yeah. like that or i've said that right. yeah, yeah, or yeah. i've been in that scenario it is a escapist film in a way very much about, so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like very now, much and so. i like to think that when you when you see it like you know it's like it's problematic mm. <laughs> and you just go with it because it's fun i think it goes in my guilty pleasure category love actually oh 100 yeah. but the thing is listen we get out of december and i will not watch it again like I, <laughs> there is a 30 day window for me to watch love actually i'm not gonna watch it in march like it's not gonna happen so but, funny yeah uh cool well i think that's all to say about the film i think we saw the ending again um as always, if you love what you heard, share this episode on your stories or with your group chat. I think this is the perfect episode to share on your group chat because who hasn't seen Love Actually, like, let's be honest. So tap the share button and spread the love for that talent scene. We are an indie podcast and we are relying on word of mouth. So you sharing means the world to us. We will be back in two weeks for the final episode of the year where we'll be taking your questions. Yes, your questions like an AMA. Um, and I don't know, are we doing, a, are we doing a film for the final episode of the year? Maybe it's a surprise film yeah. that could be interesting. So people can tune in and find out what the next is Die Hard New Year's Eve film. What? When does Die Hard happen? Christmas Eve. Uh, Die Hard, Christmas Eve, not New yeah. Year's Eve. I'm, I was trying to think of a new, is there a film that's really Another to Alan Rickman classic. Ooh, maybe. Nakatomi Plaza. Mr. Mr. Takagi <laughs> won't be joining us for the rest of his life. <laughs> Such a good line. Love it. Iconic. Like, I don't know how he does his voice. It's incredible. Yeah. So good. <laughs> well, so tune in in two weeks and we may or may not be talking about Die Hard. Goodbye. Did you like it? Did you like that? Did I like it? I loved it. I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Good morning! Morning! Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.